Hey, West Coast teams, you know you can make deals, right? Seems like everything is happening on the East Coast. Is there a West Coast team ready to step up and make a big deal? Could that team be the Colorado Avalanche? A lot of trade talk on today's episode of Locked on Avalanche. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. I am Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel, over on YouTube, hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. We will be getting into oh, remember those things called games? Uh, we, we we're playing one today. See, it's our it's our third installment of the uh, Sinister Six, as Mr. Sullivan uh, attached that name to it. So the last the last of the three back to backs are happening uh, this weekend. So we will talk about those a little bit later. Um, but we're going to dive in right now to, it's going to be a lot of trade talk because I saved all of the Instagram questions. The last ones are all trade. It, it makes sense. People are, this is like when, when a lot of people get excited for, for trade season and, you know, you got a lot of moving parts, obviously. So we had a, a, a handful of them and I just lumped them all together. So I, I just want to give a shout out to Oh, four Hatties. Uh, <clears throat> Muzzcat73, Chris071, uh, Beaston25 underscore eight, <clears throat> who threw in two questions, all trade related. Uh, we'll get to a lot of them, but like I stated in the beginning, man, like a lot, everything is happening is happening on the east. The east is beating the crap out of each other. And, you know, we kind of alluded to it a little bit the other day about the abs, like, you know, whoever makes a big move, it could, if, it, if it is the Avalanche, whoever makes that big move, maybe catapults themselves up in the Western Conference. They're just not making a lot of moves right now. And it's this would be the prime time to do it. The moves are being made. The East is getting stronger, and they're plucking from the West. We're talking like Ryan O'Reilly. Like that move has been made. Bo and when that. you see the stars starting to mm -hmm. falter a little bit, and first and second are up for grabs where the Avs are sitting. Like it would be the prime time now to make a move now instead of that 11th hour move on trade deadline day. If you're going to make a move in the West and catapult yourself up, you need to do it now. And you need to do it before the deadline when everybody else is getting their self positioned because the more Dallas starts to rock at the top and starts to fall down, they see what they want to keep and what they can make a move as well and stay up there. So the right. East is getting stronger. The West needs to jump on this. And when you when you think of Dallas, you think of Patrick Kane. I, I feel like a lot of people feel like that's if it's going to happen, that's where he could go. <clears throat> could the Avalanche bring him in? And, and I, guess, I guess we should preface this by saying we've talked uh, on, on a handful of episodes about we really feel like it's going to be a light trade season for the Avalanche simply because they don't have the assets that they've had the past couple of years in terms of trade uh, draft <clears throat> capital mm -hmm. 
They have a first rounder next year, which they could give up, but I don't think they want to. And then they, and I think they don't have the second, third, and fourth for next year either. So they're light there. They're light on prospects because they've traded some of those in the past couple seasons. Could trades happen for them? Absolutely. So we're not going to get into what the deal could be. Like we're not going to do a mock trade for whatever player we bring up. We're just going to talk about if they could bring them in, would they be a fit? And, you know, the, the names at the top uh, right now are obviously uh, Patrick Kane is is always number one and Timo Meyer. Not getting Timo Meyer. That's not going to happen. But Patrick Kane is someone that the Avalanche have been attached to kind of for a couple couple seasons, I would say. I think they, they've they've shown that they have interest. I don't know how much they've actually gone out and tried to acquire him in terms of like what conversations they've had with the Blackhawks. But I think there is an interest there. I don't know if it's mutual. I would have to think that he he would know he's stepping into a great situation and be okay being traded to the Avalanche. His number is huge. It's like $10.5 million. They would have to retain 50%, get another team to retain the other 25 so the Avalanche keep 25 That's really the only way they get him. I, I guess that anything is possible when it comes to Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland. Do you think that they really would kind of move mountains to try to bring in Patrick Kane? The mountains they would have to move in Denver to get Patrick Kane into Ball Arena would have to be move Madison Square Garden and the Upper East Side because <laughs> Patrick Kane has his eyes on New York. He, he does want to go there. Yeah, he he's does. he's one of the few trade deadline targets that have this like hot dog and grandstanding DV Osa kind of. Mm-hmm. swagger to he is very selective on where he's going to go because he knows this is about the end of the ride and to help the avalanche win another cup that's great and everything but we've mm-hmm. talked at nauseum about the situation in denver when it comes to coverage and practice facility patrick kane's not looking to help the colorado avalanche explode he wants to go to the bright lights he wants to get just a little bit more shine before he closes the door on his career. Yeah, I think he has a list, obviously, and and that is clearly number one on his list. But I, I can't imagine the Avalanche are that far down the list. And, and if Chicago goes to him and say, like, look, like we can't make a deal with New York, we do have a deal in place, whatever that may be, to Colorado. I don't if he knows the door is shut in New York, he's got to be open to something else if he wants to go somewhere else. And I can't imagine he would shut the door on. Uh, a team like Colorado or Dallas, you know what I mean? Like I think he would definitely go to Dallas too, because they're in a good position right now. So he's, he wants to go to a contender. Those are three viable options. So I, I think it would just be his list. Do you have a deal in place for, for the teams at the top? If not, let's just go down the pecking order of where I want to go and, and make it happen. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see if Colorado even lands on his list. Because you yeah. see his offensive explosion he's got right now. If he can't get the he's spot that he, fire. yeah, if he can't get the spots that he's got his heart set on, just finish it out in Chicago and mm-hmm. be the be the hometown guy, right. be there forever. Right. Um, getting back to uh, one of the names I threw out from the Instagram question, uh, Beaston twenty five eights asked about Adam Henrique, and he was somebody that I, I would have gladly taken. Um, but what, there, there's kind of some updated news on him. Like he is now week to week. Yes, he is week to week. Um, 
you can't spell Adam Henrique without rhyming week to week. No, um, <laughs> Adam week to week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is week to week. Let me get the specification of his yeah. injury, but he is week to week. So that that kind of it's the same thing with the right. Jonathan Tays. Um, he was a name that was up there on the on the list of trade deadline acquisitions, and he is also off because he is out for a while. Let me find that. And I would have been, you know, I, I don't know what the severity of that injury is, but it wouldn't have shocked me if that's somebody that they went after. Um, you know, the only thing is like the, the age gets, was he 33 years old? Right. Um, but he, he's, I think he's like, he's a good size. Uh, what, what's he, uh, uh, his contract. So 5.85, which is a contract, which is a little bit high for the abs. I don't know if they would want to go that high for someone, but he, he, like we're saying in the beginning, like you've got to make a move somewhere and it, you know, you're, you're a little bit cash strapped with the cap. Uh, but if you, and we don't know what's going on with Eric Johnson yet. I think a lot of Very people true. are assuming he is going on uh, LTIR. They haven't made that move yet. And it's going to be interesting because, like, like we're saying, like all these teams are making moves a little bit earlier than normal. I mean, we're coming up to the deadline, but moves have been happening all month long. <clears throat> if you're the Avs, you don't want to wait until the bitter end if you want to go get the guy that you want. But they're also probably waiting until the deadline to really decide what they want to do with Eric Johnson rather than doing it now. And then, you know, by the time if you if you wait too long, maybe you like all these guys are just getting traded. So and, if, you, if you have your eye set on somebody, you need to make decisions like that sooner than you probably want to. And Eric Johnson is probably at the top of that list. And what are we going to do with him? Because that'll shore up some money. Obviously, it goes back into just because you have that six million dollars free doesn't mean you can now just, you know, make it rain with money and then just bring in whoever you want. You're still you're still at the same situation of being strapped with prospects and picks. That's still a problem. Yeah, Adam Enrique, by the way, is out not just week to week, but he's been placed on the injured reserve as well. They have no idea when he's coming yeah. back. That's a lower body. Okay. So he's and out. so you're not you're not it, going after him anymore. Yeah, <laughs> when it comes to injuries like that, we don't have so many weeks before the deadline. So if you're week to week injured reserve, forget about it. I will say this. If Eric Johnson is, is, let's say he does go on LTIR, what position does Eric Johnson play? <clears throat> Eric, Eric Johnson is a defense defenseman. Who do I talk about all the time on this show of who I would eventually at some point in his career love to see in an avalanche sweater? Jacob Chickering. His teammate. Oh, Shane Gossespierre. Shane Gossespierre. Oh, Shane Gossespierre would be a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> replacement for Eric Johnson for this season. You could fit him in cap wise because he's making less. He's at like four and a half, so you have that money. To, but and I don't think you'd have to go crazy giving up some capital. You probably have to give up some draft picks, maybe a prospect, but a kind of like a middle of the road prospect. You wouldn't have to give up one of your top guys. Make it happen. And you know, make it happen, McFarland and Sackick. Make it happen. Every time you bring up his name, I always kind of roll my eyes because I, I just it's it doesn't always seem to fit that this trade yeah. deadline. You can make an easy case for him. Mm. I I think he would be 
a welcome addition to the roster, and he's yes. not going to be asked to do a whole lot. Union College's own Shane Gossespierre and the Colorado Avalanche. It's a match made in heaven. All right. Uh, we have more to talk to and more players to get to. Uh, but first, we are going to talk about Built Bar. <clears throat> if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you have got to try a Built Bar. Obviously, we are into a new year. We're almost into March. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of uh, New Year's resolutions have dropped by the wayside, but there's always time to get back up on that horse and make Built Bar part of your healthy diet. And why? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, sir, 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and I believe they came out with a brand new one, Kyle, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to I think I got the same email and I thought of you. Uh, the Animal Cookie Bar. Get out of here. I'll tell you what. I like, you know, when you like, you have those things like when, when you're a kid that you just don't grow out of. Yep. Animal crackers for me are one of those things. So I buy them for my kids. That's just an excuse for me to eat more animal crackers. Exactly. You get the I, biggest one to justify oh my. it. So I have not tried them yet, but uh, I think an order is in place for the animal cookie. Oh, but wait a minute. It's it's on. So they're, they, they're going to have to get more inventory on the animal cookie. Oh. Because it says sold out right now, but it will be back. This is why wow. it pays to be part of the email list for Built That's Bar. Right. <laughs> That's right. But you don't have to wait around. You can also go into your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box Right now. That's right. You can head to your nearest Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bar. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. So if you're close to Sam's Club as well, you can run in and grab a 13 bar box of the hit flavors, brownie, batter and churro. Can't go wrong with Built Bar, everybody. You'll thank us later. I'm telling you. All right, let's jump back into uh, some players. Is there anybody that like sticks out to you? Like, okay, like I would love the odds to make like this move for this guy. Might not be earth shattering. Maybe a depth move, which I can think that's we're all in agreement. That's what they might do. Um, anybody that that sticks out to you? Like, I'd be happy if they brought this guy in. You know, for your love for Ghost Bear, I have a soft spot in my heart for James Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, I when it yeah. and when you when you're talking about addressing that middle six, bottom six, it's prototypical what exactly what the Avalanche need. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in case you watched the Flyers game lately, it is it's really bad over there. <laughs> and right. he could use a jolt. He could use a change of scenery. Sure. And you're not really yeah. giving up much for that. No, I mean that that's a pure well, you want to say a pure rental, but because he, he is 33 years old. Um, and the Avs tend to do that at the trade deadline, bring in a little bit more veteran presence. Um, you know, we, we we've seen it a handful of times over the past number of years. They'll make a number of moves. One of them will be like bringing back an old name. Yep. Right. Um, and usually that guy is kind of like that 33, 34 year old, like uh, you know elder elder statesman but they, they they're familiar with the avalanche they did it a couple of years ago um nemeth 
What's that? Well, Nemeth was one of the Soderbergh. They brought oh, Soderbergh. Yeah. He was another one. So they do this. So uh, in, while JVR doesn't have any you know history with the Avs, I don't know. Like for him, that's kind of a weird fit for me. Like I, he, he, I mean, obviously his best days are behind him, mm-hmm. um, but it could be it could be a a depth move. Now <clears throat> there was another one where uh, word was going around, and this is what I love about the Colorado Avalanche, right? That Miko Rantanen came out, and I'm not saying he's pulling for Jesse Pulley to become an avalanche, but uh, he, he made a comment, and I'm just paraphrasing to say, like, Joe Sackett and Chris McFarland came to him and said, You know, what do you feel about this guy? You hung out with him in the offseason, and apparently, they did the same thing um, with Lekkonen before they acquired mm-hmm. him. And because they're both fins, so he they, like what information can you give us? And Miko went on to say, like, we don't just bring in bodies, we don't just bring in players, they have to fit with our system, not only our system, but our culture. And Pulley is one of those guys that just seems to be, you know, that that whole change of scenery, uh, you know, phrase that you hear a lot. It seems like it fits him to a T, yeah, for whatever reason, it's not really working for him in Edmonton. I would they make a deal with the avalanche? That's the thing. I don't think so. I, I can't imagine if they say they say, like, we know there's a very good chance we might face you in the playoffs. And if we give you this guy and that change of scenery thing works for him, uh, our fan base is gonna revolt. Yeah, I, I heard Miko's comments about Pugliarvi, and yes, he would be fantastic as a member of the avalanche, mm-hmm. but then you have to look at where Edmonton is. And all it takes is just a little smart little chess move when it comes to, yeah, we'll give you pull the RV, but you give us this. And that little move could pull the avalanche, just, you know, close that gap between Edmonton and Colorado just a little bit. You get what you want. It's a monkey paw situation. You mm-hmm. ask for this, but we're giving you this. Um, it's, it's very tricky. And that's why I, when you ask, I brought up Van Riemsdyk. It's in the East. There's no, yeah. There's no, it doesn't benefit to make that kind of move, but you have to be very careful in Edmonton and how they will uh, send that deal. And if it was one of those in good faith kind of moves, I would love Bully Harvey. Yeah. And what I just said about, you know, the, the Edmonton fan base revolting, if it just works out for the avalanche, the same is true for if the avalanche, whatever they give up to Edmonton, the same is true for the apps. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that would be, but, you know, if it was somebody that Edmonton slotted into their their lineup right away, and then that player bites you in the playoffs, the Connor Timmons effect, doom. It's just doom. So I don't know. I I, just, I don't see that happening. I wouldn't be against it. Would not be against it at all. But um, we'll see. Something that I do. You know, I was half joking, half serious about the Shane Gossespear stuff because mm-hmm. he's a defenseman. It, one that could happen is Luke Shen. I think Luke Shen could definitely, definitely happen. I, I think that is like if, if I was to say, you know, percentage wise, which deal could li- most likely happen, I'm not going to say, you know, nothing's 100%. And I don't even know if I would maybe even go like 70%. Maybe I'd go right around 65, 70% of a deal happening. I just get a vibe. It's, it's Shen. The whole, you can never have enough defense. Defense wins championships. You need defense in the playoffs. To bring him in, he would be 
the the perfect depth defenseman, especially with Eric Johnson, if he were to be out for the remainder of the season. I think this one happens. If you ask me which one happens, I think this one has the best chance of happening. I would love him on the team. I think that would be perfect for kicks and giggles. Mm -hmm. Would you be okay if Matt Dumba came over? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean... uh, They kicked the door down with Devin Dubnik. Well, I mean, but Dubnik went to to San Jose before San Jose. Yeah, uh, I, I okay. So this is going back to the culture thing. I don't think Matt Dumba is an Avalanche culture guy. He, no. He's not like they don't they don't go after guys like that. He's a good player, and but he needs to be on the right team. I think Minnesota was is the right team for him, but he needs to go to a team like that. I think the Avs take players like him that have that you know chip on their shoulder and and. I just don't think he's a fit. I don't think he's a fit. And for that reason, I don't even think they're entertaining him right now. It's, I bring it up because you would rather take uh, – it It just makes sense that he goes to Dallas. Mm. That fits. Yeah, I could see that. And, but then you would have to face Matt Dumba in Dallas. Yeah. So it's – Right, a, exactly. It, so we'll see where that – if if at all. I don't know, yeah. but we'll see. Um, and another one we'll throw out there for because de- we haven't even really discussed like you know this whole center situation, and, and mm-hmm. not that um, Max Domi would be your two C, but he would give you some depth in at the center position. Probably would be a rental. I, it'd be. I, I want to see what if Chicago trades him. I just kind of feel like Chicago is going to turn around and try to sign him in the one of those things where they try to bring him right back. We'll trade you, try to get some assets, and then come back and, and try to keep building what we're building. So whoever gets him, um, and I feel like he likes it in Chicago, and he would go back there. Um, so I I don't think he's out of the realm of possibility either. I really don't. I think he could be a guy that that they take a look at. I mean, you know, if you're going to hold my feet to the fire and say, do you think that really happens? No. But, you know, if you're McFarland and Sackick, you're looking at so many options. And I I would like to think that they're probably looking at him as well. Yeah, he's the only thing that worries me. He's a little bit of a jersey collector. Like he's almost got his whole card full of he got his 10th punch. He gets a free drink like he's been around to a lot of different teams. And there has to be something behind that. There could be. Um, and what's his cap number? I'm going to look that up really quick uh, because there's one more I want to throw out at you. Um, let's see. Domi is at $3 million. Not horrible. That's not bad. Not horrible. But if you want you know, some uh, another depth type of player, um, where are we here? I had it up here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Bustad. Now, I would like... Nick Bustad. I love his play and he would be a really good member of the Avalanche. And he's at cheap number too. He's now that like I, I really 000. like that. Yeah. So and and that's kind of I think we're in agreement that's where we're at. Yeah. The 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 big names, could they go after them? Sure. We just don't see it happening. Could you I mean it, could it open up for for your your, your like two depth moves? Luke Shen, Nick Bustad. And and you go and then and then you get Gabe Landeskog back. I would you know be I mean? perfectly happy. 
we'll see where that goes. So let us know what you guys think. Um, this is always a fun, fun season and a uh, fun time of the season. Everybody has their thoughts on who they would want and who they feel is a good fit. And it's all valid. So fire away in the comment section. All right. Uh, there was one more thing that we wanted to get to, and it was a very, very interesting um, post that who did i say put it up it, was, it wasn't puckpedia was that it? that was daily face-off the daily face-off put up um the most hated player on every team so i was like oh that'll be interesting to see who they put up for the colorado avalanche and and if i had told you to list who you thought somebody else would have picked as the most hated player on the avalanche, where do you think you would have put Evan Rodriguez? Under JoJo? <laughs> Pretty far down <laughs> the list, right? There's no way. That's who they listed here as the most hated Colorado avalanche player. Is Nathan Evan McKinnon Rodriguez. that scary? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like they didn't want to put him on there because he might come after them. And a lot of people were commenting. This has gotten a lot of, of uh, comments that, since we posted it. Um, a lot of people were saying, oh, it's Sammy G. It's not within the fan base. Yeah, true. <laughs> within the fan base, yeah. I think a lot of people dislike him the most, um, unfairly or fairly. This is just like from the outside looking in, who is the most hated player? I don't know where they came up with Evan Rodriguez. No clue at all. And if you're asking me, and I don't, I wouldn't even put Curtis McDermott at, no. at number. I don't feel like Curtis McDermott is hate. I think like people understand he does his job, and his job is to kind of throw his weight around. But I don't feel like he he goes headhunting. He doesn't do it like maliciously. He's gonna he's gonna check you. He's gonna hit you, but he doesn't do it in a I'm gonna end your career type of way. And I think people respect that. So I don't even think it's Curtis McDermott. I, when I I'm looking when I was looking for the Avalanche player in my mind, I was thinking Nathan McKinnon. I was thinking Gabe Landeskog. You know, I, I was, don't think people from the outside really like Gabe Landeskog because I, you know he's the captain. He's 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 got the looks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and and he plays uh, an aggressive style. He he's been suspended a few times for some questionable hits. And hits that people, you know, don't forget. So I put those two guys above anybody else. I think Miko, because he gets animated, he gets chippy, he gets slappy, he gets pokey with the stick, he gets mm. fired up, he mouths off, he's kind of jovial, he doesn't really take it seriously. He's, especially in the last two minutes of the game, he's going to hook, slash you, throw you on the boards. I feel like he's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I he's annoying, but I don't, when he gets angry, it's kind of like directed towards the refs, don't you feel? True. Like he doesn't really go after players. Like Nathan McKinnon has no problem throwing his body into if if he if he's annoyed with you. Same thing with with Gabe Landeskog. Um, I wanted to see if I can find it. Let's see. It's yeah. it's one of the funniest yeah. one of the funniest <laughs> graphics I've ever seen. Just I just... that that whole row of Western Conference teams and Evan Rodriguez just smiling like it is the best day of his life. <laughs> now they put up um, for Calgary, they have Nazem Kadri there. So if he was still with the Avs, probably would be the, the guy. Probably. Probably. Um, they did put Jordan Binnington for, for the St. Louis Blues, which is a, a no-brainer. 
Uh, they put Essa Lindell in for the stars. You know, he, for Jamie Ben there. Jamie Ben is despised by so many other fans, but Jamie Ben is the the antithesis of if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not on your team, you hate him. I know he could get feisty, but I mean, you can't ignore Jamie Ben. And I don't know, like same thing for the Blackhawks. They put Seth Jones. I don't think people hate Seth Jones. I, I think they asked Chicago fans and they hate that contract. <laughs> so they're like, let's just throw him in there. Uh, for Vegas, they put Jack Eichel. Uh, I don't know why. I, I, well, I he's, he's, he's mouthy too. I don't have a problem with Eichel. I, don't, I think he's fine. Uh, for for the Seattle Kraken, they put Brandon Tanev. Oh, he's, uh, how could you hate I him? I don't know. He is, he is one of my he's favorite great. non-Av players in the league. How could you hate him? And just just his 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 schmug shot alone is great. It's the, the you know, like he's seen a ghost. He does it every single year. Just that alone. Uh, you got to love the guy. Um, on the East Coast, uh, they put Brady Kachuk in there for Ottawa and Matt Kachuk. Both the Kachuk brothers make the list. Uh, John Tavares for the Maple Leafs. I mean, uh, he's I, an, he's annoying. I have no problem with John Tavares. Oh, he grates on my ever-living nerves. Uh, Jacob Truba, obviously, for the for the Rangers. Um, Crosby for, for Pittsburgh. See what I'm saying? Like... The reason why Sidney Crosby is on there is pretty much the same reason why Nathan McKinnon would be on there, yeah. in my opinion. Um, Max Pacioretty for Carolina, Carolina, who's played all of like three games for them. He's obviously Tom player. Wilson, um, obviously Brad Marchand, uh, obviously Corey Perry. So I think they got it a little bit better in the East Coast, but in the West. Oh, and then even for the Ducks, your boy, Trevor Zegers, they got I, for the Ducks. I don't get that one either. So if this like, was Shark Tank, I would say for this, I'm out. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know if Daily Faceoff is an East Coast company, but it sure seems like it because seems they got the East Coast right and the West Coast way wrong. Hey, so, they got Matt Duchesne for the Predators, so they're they getting did. better. They did. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody, that's gonna wrap it up for today. So another big back to back, and the ads going up against uh, Winnipeg, who had a rough road trip. They got one win, which was in New York. Uh, that was a four-game road trip. That was the only win that they got. So they're coming back. They need some points. Av's got some games in hand on them and on Dallas. Av's been playing well, but you got a four-day layoff. How much uh, is going to need to get back into the flow of things? Maybe maybe a couple shifts. But the Av's want to jump right back into how they've been playing, which has been very, very good. So we will be back on Monday to break down both games. The second game is against Calgary, obviously. So another big game. These are two two big games, four big points coming up for the Avs. So that's going to wrap it up. And thank you for tuning in today and this week. Very much appreciated for making this your first listen of the day. For Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll see you guys on Monday. Go, Abs, go.